Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2352. Individual Stocks versus Index Funds, Why I Choose Both, part two, by Craig Stevens of retirebeforedad.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Welcome back to Optimal Finance Daily, where I read to you every single day of the year, sometimes longer posts, which is the case today. It's actually a continuation from yesterday. So if you haven't done so already, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. But if you're all caught up, then let's get right back into it and hear part two as we continue optimizing your life. Individual Stocks versus Index Funds, Why I Choose Both, part two, by Craig Stevens of retirebeforedad.com. Number four, potential to outperform the market. When you invest only in index funds, you'll underperform the markets by the expense ratio on your funds plus any transaction fees you might pay. For most investors, that's a very acceptable return. But if you plow all your money into index funds, you leave nothing for speculation. I'm an advocate for using a small percentage of your portfolio for speculation, five to 10% max. Speculative investments can be invested in growth stocks, options contracts, cryptocurrencies, a business, or whatever floats your boat. By taking bigger risks, you give yourself the potential to outperform, something you're guaranteed to not get from indexing. Young people in particular can afford to lose and may benefit from making a risky investment. This is especially worthwhile if you have some kind of advantage, such as a background in a certain profession or discipline that would make you privy to industry trends or a particular growing technology. And number five, slightly lower cost. Depending on how you assemble your portfolios, you can save money on fees through individual stock investing. When you buy an individual stock through a low-cost broker, such as Ally Invest, you'll pay a one-time trading fee of about $5 regardless of how many shares you buy. Once you own the stock, it's yours. There are no further costs, aside from taxes on dividends, if not in a tax-advantaged account, until you sell. If you use a no-fee broker, such as M1 Finance, it's free to acquire shares. Index funds and ETFs, on the other hand, carry a reoccurring annual fee known as the expense ratio. The lowest-cost funds have an expense ratio of around 0.05%. If you put $10,000 in the fund, the annual fee taken out will be about $5. As the fund value increases, so do the fees. You also may pay trading fees if you buy an index or ETF through an account that doesn't provide free trades. Dividends are treated the same as stocks. We're talking small amounts here for beginners, so it's not a major ding on indexing. But low fees is one of the main arguments for index funds and buying individual stocks is actually cheaper, especially as the numbers grow. Arguments against buying individual stocks. 
Yes, there are quite a few arguments against buying individual stocks. I'll start with the obvious. Number one, you are unlikely to beat the market. It's not impossible to beat the market as an individual investor, but it takes some skill and some luck. The amount of time required to spend on research to beat the market year after year would probably detract from the quality of your life. That doesn't mean you can't try to pick a winning growth stock through speculation. Just keep your expectations low. You probably won't win over the long term unless you pick one or two big winners and hold them for many years. Number two, emotional bias. Emotions are the weakness of investors. Investing in stocks is the perfect forum for emotional bias. I like shopping at Costco and the one near me is busy all the time. Should that mean I buy the stock too? For me, it did play a part in my decision. I enjoy shopping there, but I did the research too. Understanding bias and constantly playing devil's advocate against yourself is crucial for investing in individual stocks. It can be tiresome. Sometimes bias is impossible to avoid because it's subliminal. A pure index fund strategy through thick and thin avoids any ill-placed bias that could be detrimental to your returns. Number three, higher risk. Since there's no way you'll individually own as many stocks that are in a broad total market index fund, your individual stock portfolio is at a greater risk of declines. Severe declines due to a bankruptcy, a Lehman Brothers-style catastrophe, or something unknown today would have a greater impact on your portfolio as a percentage of total portfolio compared to a broad index fund. Number four, not good at picking stocks. If you have no experience and haven't read any books on investing in stocks, you won't choose good stocks. Following the advice of an advisor could help, but your fees will increase dramatically. Alternatively, you could heed the advice of TV personalities or subscribe to a stock newsletter. But if you don't know what you're doing, it will eventually catch up to you. Number five, don't have the time. Simply put, if you don't have the time to research and select stocks, don't invest in individual stocks. Without research, you won't perform well. Go with index funds instead. Number six, taxes on dividends. Index funds, ETFs, and some individual stocks all pay dividends. When paid a dividend, that money is taxed. Most dividends are qualified, which means that they're taxed at the long-term capital gains rate, which is 15% for most people, plus state tax. If you're allergic to taxes, use a traditional IRA or Roth for your dividend investing, or only buy non-dividend paying stocks in a taxable account. For tax efficiency, ETFs are a better option in a taxable account than index mutual funds because they're required to pay out fewer capital gains. And number seven, even if you can beat the market, it may not be worth the time and risk. The S&P 500 was up 19% in 2017. If you spent countless hours researching stocks and your returns beat the market by 2%, was the time worth it? If you're going for total return, trying to squeak out an extra percent or two may take up a lot of your time that could be better spent enjoying yourself. Conclusion, individual stocks versus index funds. This blog started primarily as a stock investing website. Now I write more about broader investing and personal finance themes. I enjoy writing about these topics more than stock analysis, and they appeal to a wider audience, bringing more readers to retire before dad. Mutual funds have been at the core of my retirement savings since I started my career in 1998. 
even though I don't track them on my blog. Since leaving my job of 14 years, I now have a much better selection of funds to invest in, and 68% of my stock holdings are now in index funds. But individual stocks will always be a part of my strategy because they're an efficient way to build investment income. Even after surviving two massive stock market declines, I'm still very comfortable with this strategy. The last nine years of market returns have been awesome, and thus, most investors have experienced great success regardless of experience. When market uncertainty hits, most dividends will continue to be paid, even when the index funds decline 30 to 40%. Some companies may find themselves naked in the low tide, but a diversified portfolio of dividend growth stocks will survive and so will index funds. You just listened to part two of the post titled Individual Stocks versus Index Funds, Why I Choose Both by Craig Stevens of retirebeforedad.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I've found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. Because I talk about money every day, some people assume I'm some kind of savvy investor who's skilled at stock picking, trading, and beating the market. But the truth is that I am the laziest investor you will ever meet, and I spend no time at all managing my portfolio. The main reason is I'm just not interested. I'm interested in money management, earning money, the psychology around money, and the freedom it creates in my life. But the idea of researching companies to do stock picking sounds like a big snooze fest to me. And here's the thing, personal finance is personal. If you enjoy stock picking, then take five to 10% of your portfolio and go have fun at the casino. As long as you aren't risking your life savings, I don't see an issue with it. But I wanna remind the lazy investors like me that you are just fine with an index fund and chill strategy. The goal of investing isn't to beat the market or inch out an extra one to 2% of a return. 
It's to reach a financial goal over time with the power of compound interest. I think active investing in the stock market doesn't interest me much because so much of the results are outside of my control. The stock market is like a roller coaster and the large majority of predictions made about the ups and downs end up being wildly incorrect. I like to focus on the aspects of my finances that I can control, like increasing the gap between my income and expenses. In my highest earning years, I was investing 60% of my income. My savings rate is where I can have the most impact, not my investment returns. But that's gonna do it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to both parts of this great post. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for more Optimal Finance Daily, where your optimal life awaits.